John chapter 3, and uh, we're going to pick up the next four verses, verse 18 through 21, next three verses. John chapter 3, and verse number 18, we've been going through the book of John, and now in in chapter 3 we've been looking at uh, Jesus and Nicodemus interacting as Nicodemus is seeking uh, to know more about Christ, and Christ is trying to point him to the cross, and and point him to salvation, and Nicodemus just isn't getting it. Um, we'll see later on, I believe, that Nicodemus did get saved. Uh, by the end of the book of John, he is going with uh, Joseph of Arimathea and taking the body and anointing the body for burial, and uh, I think that he did become a believer, but um, we're going to see that he still uh, needs to be convinced here. So John chapter 3 and verse number 18 <clears throat> says, He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the holy, of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For every one that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. Let's pray. Father God, we love you. We thank you for the opportunity you gave us today, for your word this morning and your truth, and then, Lord, for the market in the park and the blessing it was to be out there and witnessing for you. Lord, I pray that you would uh, bring us fruit from that effort, Lord, that you would uh, prick the hearts as they go home and they search through those bags and they find uh, the track that we left and the ways to, to hear your word from us. Lord, I pray that we would see visitors, that we would uh, some of the people that we talk to would actually come and, and sit and hear your teaching. Uh, but Lord, if nothing else, I pray that they would read that track, that they would uh, listen to the messages online, and that they would get saved, and that they would come to know you and learn to love you. But Lord, tonight, I pray that you would speak to our hearts, that you would show us this brief truth uh, from your word, and Lord, that you would uh, your truth would be planted in fertile ground that would mold us and shape us and change us into the men and women that you'd have us to be. So, Lord, please, guide and direct tonight. We love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, again, Jesus is explaining to Nicodemus. We, we saw verse 15, 16, and 17, uh, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. Verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And verse 17, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And then Jesus goes into verse number 18. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Jesus wastes no more breath on explaining salvation. He says, you are condemned already. If you don't believe in me, if you don't believe that God sent me, that I am the Son of God, you are condemned already. And We've looked at this a few times in other places, but this goes all the way back to Genesis chapter 1, where Adam and Eve in the garden, they ate of the fruit, uh, they committed the, the first sin in disobeying God and in putting their own lust, their own flesh above God's will, and because of that one sin, death entered into the world. And that death is not the physical death of Adam and Eve, but it's the death of the Spirit that's going to ultimately give them an eternal separation from God. And their spirit is going to spend an eternity in a real place called hell. And that's 
That's the condemnation. As we get into verse number 19, he says, And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. Now, to understand verse number 19, you have to understand this is legal legalese. This is legal jargon. This is uh, the reading of the charges against you. As I went a couple of weeks ago and sat for jury duty, I had to sit and listen to a judge explain the charges against the defendant and what that meant and what it didn't mean. Um, Here, uh, Christ is explaining that you are condemned. These are the charges that are brought against you that you believe not in the light, that you loved darkness rather than light, that you loved the evil in this world rather than the good that God sent. And because you love that evil, you're going to be punished. And there is a judgment that is coming against you. This is where uh, Romans 6.23 comes in. For the wages of sin is death. This is the judgment. This is the penalty that is going to be levied against you because you've believed not in the only begotten Son of God. And this is for the whole world and it's already happened. It is not, again, this is not past tense. This is not future tense. This is presently the whole world is condemned. As we went down there today, we, we looked and, and we saw, we walked around, and even uh, the, the few people that we saw that were outwardly showing that they believed in God, the, I think of the family that had the, um, the six days of creation umbrella. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I talked to them, gave them a track, uh, t- introduced them to the church, um, but didn't really, didn't really feel like they wanted to talk about God. Uh, they didn't feel like, oh, you're a Christian. Let's let's have a Christian conversation. They felt like, oh, you're annoying. Go away. <laughs> is what it, is how it felt to me. Um, I I don't believe that that's what they were thinking. I can't read their mind or their heart, but uh, that's the way it felt. Even them, they are condemned if they have not accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. No matter how much they proclaim the love of God or how much uh, they they show that they believe in God, if they haven't done what verse number 16 says, if they haven't done what verse number 17 says, they're condemned and they're on their way to hell. All those little kids that we talk to that are, that are old enough to understand the difference between right and wrong, the difference between good and evil, they're condemned and on their way to hell. That's why uh, I think I've explained this before, but our track it says, Your Ticket to Heaven... I've got one in my pocket. It says your ticket to heaven. And, and this is, is something that uh, has always stuck with me or that, 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 um, that we are born on a train. Uh, in Europe, they have what they call the bullet train. And it is a non-stop train that goes very, very fast from one des- destination to the next. Um, it doesn't stop for anything. And it's, it's a straight through shot. And that is the train that we were born on. And unfortunately, that destination is hell. And, and I think I've explained the history of the town. The reason that Maxwell exists is because just south of town, just south of the park where we were at today, is where the railroad decided to come through back in the, the late 1800s, early 1900s. It would have been 1881-ish when the railroad decided to come through when they moved Logston's Grocery Store from Iowa Center up here. Uh, the three miles down on on logs with horses, and they parked it where it is. It's all because the railroad wanted to come through here. Um, 
because it was too hilly and there was too much with the creek and all the other stuff up north. So uh, that's, that's <coughs> part of the reason why this track is the ticket that it is, is because it ties in with the history of the community. It ties in with the idea that we are all on a train destined for hell, and the only way off of that train is to buy a ticket onto another train. It's not what we can physically buy, what we can physically pay for. It's what we can do by faith and understanding that we put our faith and trust in what Christ has done on the cross, and that's what gets us onto that other train. That's what gets us away from that destination of hell. And that's, again, what Christ is trying to explain to Nicodemus here. And these are the last words that he's going to say to Nicodemus as we get into verse number 22. It says, After these things came Jesus and his disciples into the land of Judea, and there he tarried with them and baptized. So these are the last thoughts. This is the last attempt at this time that Christ is going to explain to Nicodemus, who is a master and teacher in Israel, someone who teaches about God, who, who studies and knows the Old Testament, this is, this is what he's going to leave him with. And we need to understand that, just like verse number 20 says, For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. Notice that verse number 21 doesn't say, doesn't say, but he that doeth right. It says, but he that doeth truth. Because there's a difference. The most righteous man in the world, the Bible tells us that our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. The most righteous man in the world, without knowing Christ, without loving God the way he's supposed to, without following uh, without accepting the gift of the cross, doesn't matter how much right he does, he's still destined for hell. It's only when you follow the truth that was contained in these verses previous that you understand and can cometh can come to the light, can understand and, and be made whole and righteous in God's eyes. So that phrase is very important. He that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. I pray that that's us today, that, that we are, uh, not only are we saved and know that we're going to heaven, but that we are doing truth. We, we've been talking about this since we started uh, back in December, and now since we've started Sunday school and, and morning service, and we're looking at we're looking at uh, Christianity 101 in the book of Judges and seeing Israel's failings and Israel's successes and seeing how they interact with God and learning how to walk by faith with God through the book of Judges. But then also looking at the book of Jonah and seeing Jonah's disobedience and, and hopefully learning how to not be Jonah, but how to, to be obedient and follow Christ. I hope that we take this truth and we do it. The Bible tells us to be ye doers of the word, not just hearers only. So, as we continue throughout this week, don't let this be the high point of the week. Don't let this be the most time you spend with God this week. Don't let this be uh, the where the truth stops in your life. Continue on. And I'm saying this to myself over and over again, just as much as I am to you. 
as I've studied this out, as I've studied and prepared for these messages, the reason that these subjects are coming up is because they're shortcomings in my own life. God's not revealing things to me about you. He's revealing things to me about me. And I, I, I'm wearing my slippers today because I got my boots muddy and I didn't want to try to get on the carpet. But my, my toes are getting stepped on. My work boots are over there. I should have probably put them on because they've got steel toes and they won't hurt so much. But my toes are getting stepped on. And I'm a firm believer in, in my, our pastor in Missouri, Pastor Belays, that's going in for, his, for the hernia surgery, is one that was never afraid to step on somebody's toes. He was never afraid to make somebody mad. He didn't go out and maliciously try and seek to, to anger people, but he wasn't afraid uh, to, to tell you the truth. And he told you the truth in love, but um, we had a, a man that always talked about he tucked his feet under the seat so the pastor couldn't step on his toes. I understand that if, if my toes are getting stepped on, it mean, it's because my feet need to move. It's because I need to move. Because I need to go somewhere else. I need to be doing something. I'm not doing something right if my toes are getting stepped on. And for the past several weeks, since December, my toes have been getting stepped on over and over again as I've studied this out. So I'm saying this as much to me as I am to everybody else. Don't let this be where God stops until Wednesday. Take it throughout the week. Every day, meditate on this truth. Put it into effect in your life. Understand that, yes, we are saved. We are no longer under the condemnation. We are no longer under the weight of the law. We are now living by grace. But that grace doesn't give us a license to do whatever we want. That grace gives us the ability to do truth. To live the principles found in God's word. To let the world see through us His love and His mercy. So, I pray today, let's, let's work through this. These are the last words that Christ is going to speak to Nicodemus. We don't see Him interacting with Him again, personally. Uh, he interacts a lot with the Sanhedrin. He inter interacts a lot with the Pharisees. Uh, but Nicodemus now goes into the background. And... Uh, Nicodemus will come up in a few chapters again in John defending Jesus, but he's not in the same place as Jesus. But we see that Jesus has had an effect on him. Nicodemus is questioning. He's, he's trying to learn. He's trying to understand. He's trying to go from the milk to the meat of the Word of God. And he begins to make those steps. And I, I believe that we will see Nicodemus in heaven. But again, don't let this be where this truth stops. Let us do truth. Let us do it in the light so that our deeds may be made manifest that they are wrought in God.